trying to make it right These people won't let me go I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow I'm just trying to make it right These people won't let me go Let me grow, let me go Let me grow, let me go They should know, they should know They should know, they should know I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow I'm just trying to make it Welcome to the Tea with Brie. I'm your host, Brie. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start with my guest's bio, an intro into how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they brought to me that week. For this week's episode of Small Cups of Tea, I'm joined by my guest, Wincuni Siant. Nkuni Siant is the co-founder of Politicking. Politicking is a mobile application for the central aim of providing election information to historically disengaged constituencies. Politicking presents nonpartisan information pertinent to municipal, state, and presidential elections, respectively. The app highlights presidential candidate platforms and their relevance to key issue areas, as well as users' local polling and voting information. The goal of this mobile app is to make election information more accessible to potential voters, particularly millennials of color, as well as improving and galvanizing the minority vote through easily accessible information about micro and macro politics. She is a Fulbright scholar and through the fellowship has studied infrastructure in Senegal during the last year. She received her master's in public health and health management and policy in 2016 from Drexel University. Before Drexel, she attended Howard University in Washington, D.C., where she graduated Phi Beta Kappa with honors with a Bachelor's of Science in Biology. She is a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority, Inc. Her overarching goal is to integrate public health and policy in her work to eradicate health and political disparities both domestically and abroad. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I this, made all of that up, by the way. That's fine. I, I'm not going to fact check it, so. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's all true. It just makes me sound a lot cooler than I am sometimes, but. You're very cool. Listen, when um, Amopi told me about you, which is how we met, I was like, oh, tell me less. Like, I'm good. Like, set You're up like, an intro. Bring it. Right. It's like, you two need to know each other. I was like, I'm, I'm into it. So here we are. Listen, I'm so glad that we, we did that. And this has come to fruition out of it. So I feel happy. Me too. So wait, were you, so are you originally from the East Coast? Because I know you're living in D.C. now. Yes, I'm currently based in D.C. I'm actually originally from Miami, Florida, and uh, I was raised in Fort Lauderdale. I am Haitian American, so that kind of makes sense. There's a huge Caribbean population down here. So, um, yeah, I'm a Miami baby. I'm a city girl. Love to see it. <laughs> it's the truth. It's the truth. Well, I want to just hop right on in because I know we are going to take up all of this time talking about the app, politics, the minority vote, because uh, as we all know, it is an election year. And recently, the artist formerly known as Kanye West, because I don't know who this is now, decided to run for office. And I have feelings that I want to get into. 
Um, so yeah, let's start off by talking about politicking because I feel like that's a y'all's app is just so fascinating and so useful. But yeah, tell tell everyone a little bit more about it. Thank you. So um, politicking is a social political mobile app, as Bree mentioned. Uh, it's our nifty shirt. Um, we're selling them on the website, but we'll get into that. Um, but really, our focus was to create a platform that millennials, particularly millennials from historically disengaged populations, could really use to tap into politics. So whether that means you're a person of color or you are first-time voter or your parents are immigrants or you're an immigrant or you're part of the LGBTQ community, um, whatever it is that would classify you as a disengaged or disenfranchised voter, we are particularly interested in ensuring that those populations show up to vote. And we think that, um, you know, a large issue that's been within trying to galvanize the millennial vote, Brie, is that a lot of these um, civic engagement campaigns are largely focused on voter registration, right? If we think about um, movements like Walk the Vote that have even, you know, been centered towards our culture, they're always registering to vote. But our question that myself and my co-founder Jordan Wilson are trying to answer is what happens after you're registered to vote? Do you even have any idea of who's going to appear on the ballot? Do you only know the presidential candidates? Our job is to ensure that you not only know the presidential and gubernatorial and Senate candidates, but also the mayor and superintendent and city councilman or woman. Um, and so that is really the premise of politicking to make sure that you can have a comprehensive snapshot of the candidates that will appear on your ballot, of the amendments and referendums that will appear on your ballot, and of different um, just general information uh, that, are, that are going on in the current media. So news ranging from things on education to immigration. And so we basically try to be a central place for all things civic engagement. I've had such feelings lately. So when we're recording right now, it is July 11th. So early voting yesterday ended in Texas um, for like runoffs. And I've been getting so upset with my friends because they don't go to voting during early voting. I'm like, this is, I'm like, it is literally open every day, seven to seven. There's no one there. Why aren't you going? So it's been a lot yeah. of me like posting things, um, telling people about what's going on, um, them asking me how I voted. And I'm like, I'm, I appreciate that you take, <laughs> that you think I'm the no all be all of Austin politics, but my, but there's still a lot of stuff that I had to learn and just, you know, me being super, politically engaged in Austin, um, I was able to find this resource for, by this person who created like a full breakdown of like what each county is voting for right now. And I reshared that just okay. because I was like, I want y'all to be able to read for yourself. That's something that is nonpartisan that I had nothing to do with. I mean, I don't know, you know, how you vote, but I just think about how difficult it can be if you have no idea who it is like if you're voting down ballot that's great but what do you do in like runoff elections when they are people who are running for the same seat specifically so i i am so grateful for this app that y'all have created and making it accessible and the the usefulness that it it will have on on those who use it thank you and and i think uh, what you said is absolutely correct 
you know, a lot of my friends ask me the same sorts of questions. And with politicking, I can actually give them a tool that's nonpartisan, which is important uh, because we all have our particular beliefs and they are nuanced and informed by our experiences. And I feel like with politicking, I just have a, a platform to just transmit information without my own biases clouding it. And, and, and so it's really important that I think people check out the resource politicking. Um, which is available in iOS and Google Play stores currently, and you can download it now and you can learn about what's going on, you know, in the primaries that may be coming up in your local city, or you can use it, you know, leading up towards November. And, you know, there's a lot that's been going on in the political spectrum, as I'm sure Bree and I will touch upon. Um, and so politicking is a great way to keep track. Speaking of, let's, let's just jump on in because... Do it. I the other day I reshared this video of this person talking about the black vote, and this person was a black person, and talking about how often the black vote is talked about, and how kind of I don't know if derogatory is the right word, but just how like how often black people are lumped together into this one vote. Like we all are, like we all are going to vote the same way, right? Like the the stereotype around the black vote and i think it's a really interesting thing to talk about right now in particular with everything going on in the black lives matter movement of how often black people are lumped together and not seen as individual people because being black is very communal like that's not what i'm not saying i'm just saying that in this instance like we are all individual people with life experiences that aren't the same as each other. And so when you sit here and say the black vote and thinking that we are all just going to be essentially like herd to the cat, like, you know, herd to the slaughter, we all just going to have this one sort of mind frame. It is so, uh, it just negates our whole life experiences. And so like right now talking, you know, about the democratic process and, you know, Joe um, Biden being the candidate slash he who shall not be named because I just can't. Um, and, you know, the fact that they think a lot of black voters are going to vote for him because he is black. But yeah. acting as though we weren't the ones paying attention to his nonsense the last five to six years of saying slavery was a choice and, you know, him being pro, him being pro-life and, you know, all of the politics he has come out and said and his affiliation with 45. So it's just like, you y'all might think not think that we're paying attention but we are and so i've been reposting and sharing like do not vote for mr west as a joke do not vote for him purposely like he the whole thing about like voting in celebrities into political spaces is <clears throat> is so lazy and it it makes a mockery of the system certainly certainly um and and i think the one thing I want to point out, though, that I think um, Kanye is buying into um, creating chaos because and this is what I've been trying to disseminate as, as we have an actual platform that's trying to disseminate information. And, you know, I did have some trolls come into my inbox and ask me, well, why haven't you posted about Kanye? Because Kanye has not filed paperwork. And honestly... I think it's really important that we not buy into the hysteria that he's creating because that is what he's doing and it's insidious and it's nefarious. And I think that, you know, there's been statements releasing saying that he's in the middle of a, you know, manic episode or whatever the case may be. We don't know. 
But what I do know is that he has not filed official paperwork. And so until he does, what I've been telling people that have approached me about that is that we are not going to cover fake news. Um, we're not going to glorify that. And so if he does file actual paperwork to run as a third party, which is the only thing he can run as at this point, we will cover that on politicking. But until then, you know, we're not going to buy into, you know, his absurd behavior of just saying something because I think anyone can agree that serious or not, it's, it's really interesting to declare something like this at this point in the game. I mean, it's July. Um, and so we're not giving that much energy to it just because it's not a reality to us just yet. And if it does, I think we're going to have to handle it accordingly. But I just want everyone to know that, yes, Kanye has tweeted that, but he has not officially declared or filed SEC paperwork to actually run. That was the first thing that got to me. It was just like, it's July. And now, just like how distracting it is, right? Like, we still don't even know, to my knowledge, who Joe Biden's vice president will be. We, We, you know, we still see 45 out here going on a tour run for his presidency, which I'm like, why are you doing a tour? You're already president, but okay. Um, And everything else he's been doing, just, you know, spewing hate around this election again but you know when when i saw that mr west <laughs> said that he was running for office that's the first thing i thought I was like how distracting and I, for me like what a mockery of this system like if you are like someone who was politically inclined who literally listens and talks about it all the time it's just like hey it's a little too late in the game number one number two and also like the fact if we think of like look at it from a privileged standpoint of like you know, we had all of these candidates raising all this money, doing all of these tours and speaking engagements and de- and debates. And now he's like, well, I just want to like throw my hat in. And you're like, this isn't how this, how this works. Um, but yeah, I just, I, that, that was one of the first things I thought of was just like, ugh, just uh, for lack of a better term, just like the annoyance behind it. I'm just like, this is so distracting. And it takes away from a lot of attention. Like, for people who are, you know, noticing how awful 45 are, well, has been, and, and preparing to vote. And now it's like, it's, it's a split, it could, it could lead to a split vote because just, just because of that, because I mean, black people specifically, I mean, we've talked about how Democrats don't really care about us, but we know that Democrats are the lesser of two evils when voting. But now if you, you know, the people who maybe never paid attention to politics now seeing Kanye as a representation of, you know, having a black president again i i i know how terrifying that that has felt for me it is terrifying and um you know i think the other critical thing is that um to understand that you know not all black and brown people are democrats um and you know allowing them that freedom of thought to make their own decisions based on what's good for them um i think that uh, statistics have shown that as we continue to move into this, you know, 21st century, that millennials less and less align with one particular political party. Um, We don't like to be categorized. And so we like to be considered independent thinkers, um, even if we're not technically registered as independents. Um, And, you know, even registering as an independent has some push and pull, um, 
just to give a little bit of a personal anecdote is I had some family members who had registered as independents. They were like, we're free thinkers, boo. And then they went to the primaries and were not able to vote because it was a closed primary and you can only vote based on your party affiliation. So if you're a Democrat, if you're registered as a Democrat, you were only going to be voting for people that were running for positions in the Democratic Party and same with Republicans. And so for the independents, they only got to vote on two or three things that were not party affiliated. And they were actually quite frustrated by that. And that's why it's so, so, so imperative that we understand what the nuances of party identification actually mean in this day and age. I'm just so nervous that we're going to get four more years of 45. I, I am too. I am, I am too. Um, I think it's a very real possibility and some would say a probability. And then also like, not only that him running the country and then me currently still living in Texas and our governor being trash, but then also like we have a Senate race coming up and I'm just like, (sighs) Texas has not a lot going on down there. You guys are going to be annexed any minute. (laughs) It's not my fault. (laughs) I'm yeah, trying. Any bit of now, any bit of now. Uh, it's your own federation. Well, that's like I always laugh of like just how politically inclined Austin is. Like the city as a whole is just like really paying attention, and you know, we just went on recess. Uh, city council just went on recess. They're coming back in August, um, and voting on a budget. And so for me, with everything going on between Black Lives Matter, the political, I mean the. Um, politics that are going on with like the local elections and then also like this budget and how many people called in to say we want you to de- to defund the police in Austin it's been it's given me like some peace <laughs> to hear like those sort of people calling in and being supportive and realizing like and telling people like a lot of stuff that happens happens on a local level for sure and just you know seeing how many of those conversations have been happening because even like to, I have a friend who's lived here for like four years and she still does absentee ballots like back home. And so the other night we were together, I was like, I need you to sit down right now. We're going to register you to vote in Texas. So you can vote in November after all the runoff stuff is done. And we actually like, like, cause I need literally every vote in Texas I can possibly get right now. <laughs> so I, I love that you are really holding your friend's feet to the fire because we need more people like you. Honestly, you're doing God's work. You tell people, we can't be friends if you're not registered to vote. And that's just... Oh, seriously. I mean, I tell people I, I can't date you if you're not registered to vote. And I can't date you also if you don't vote. People Even who are apolitical, I just... But also, like, just their privilege about being like, I just don't really, like, pay attention to politics. I'm like, do, do you not have any hardships in your life? Like, you could be the most privileged person in America, and I still need you to pay attention to politics. So, back to politicking. Is it just you two putting in the information? Because I can't even imagine that. Like, how does all the information that you collect get there? So, you know, myself and Jordan, we co-founded it, but we do have a team that we work with. And the information that source is actually sourced from, like, a Civic API, which is a fancy way of saying we can scrape the internet for this type of information. And, and what a lot of people don't realize is the information is there. It's just that, unfortunately, most Americans, and particularly most millennials, are a little bit too lazy to look up 15 to 20 to 25 candidates that are going to appear on the ballot. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, to be honest, Bree, it's not laziness, it's time consuming. And who has the time and energy to do that? So 
we have decided to take it upon ourselves to do that for you. I used to work at a nonprofit. Well, uh, I used to work at the nonprofit of a for-profit con- uh, corporation. And so like we were selling this um, technology for people who were running for office. And so like just for me to like find information about people running for office was so daunting. Like even if they had a website, who knows last time it was updated, who knew if it had like their next election date. Um, so like I used to use Ballotpedia all the time, which was like so clutch. But I didn't even know about it until I started working at that company in January. And like for me to say that is so wild because like I said, I've been paying attention to politics since like Gore and for a while. Like yeah. <laughs> I've been super into it since then, and I didn't even know Ballotpedia it existed. Yeah, and I and I think Ballotpedia is a great resource actually. And uh, one of the ways that I think we are unique from them is that. Uh, so Ballotpedia is a website and that's what makes it cool and accessible. But for us, we're an app and we're really trying to like encapsulate that data. Like I want to be able to say, Brie, this is how you voted in 2004, 2008, 2016, 2012. And so you can see your political progression. So you can also refer back and hold these elected officials accountable based on their campaign promises. So you can refer back and see what amendments and referendums you voted for and oh, my taxes went up. Oh, it's because Amendment 4 passed. And I actually voted yes on that. So maybe I should take a look in the mirror. So whatever the case may be, we love the, uh, the app format because it, it really provides you your own political makeup, your own political breakdown. And so you can really get, get a deep dive into who you are um, as an educated and informed voter. I think what also really gets me about what y'all are doing is the IG lives that you've been doing have been so fantastic. And I caught a couple of them. One of the women you interviewed, I can't remember her name right now, but she is a fellow NLCer. And so I felt like real connected to her. Um, is new, so as a new leaders council, co- actually now co-director, still co-director technically. So anyway, just, just watch, being able to watch those videos of, you know, the people y'all have been interviewing has been freaking fantastic. So yeah, I would like to talk about that as well. The, the, the platform you're helping to create that way. Yeah, so the IG Lives, we usually do them about three times a week. Um, and they've been really exciting for us. They were something that was born out of quarantine. Um, prior to that, we were doing a lot of in-person events. Um, but because of this pandemic, you know, there's been a lot of bills, but obviously there's been some positive manifestations as well. And this has been one of those. Um, we actually have one tomorrow with State Representative of Florida, Dottie Joseph who's also uh, Haitian American like myself, and she is just remarkable. I'm super excited to interview her. Monday, we have a past gubernatorial candidate and a current state senator from Indiana, uh, Eddie Melton. Uh, Tuesday, we have Senator Durbin. We've just been able to, from Indiana, and then we have Yes Jules, who's an IG influencer, who's gonna be coming on Tuesday evening. Um, and so we've just been able to really procure this amazing lineup of very, very different people um, with very, very different opinions. And it's really been a blessing because it's allowed us to really delve into political thought and what's going on in the state of politics and what's going on in individual states and what's going on nationally. Um, and yeah, we allow people to really connect one-on-one with either 
thought leaders, elected officials, leaders of organizations, people who are running for office, like your friend you mentioned, and people can ask them questions, anything they want. And, and I usually commit to as many questions as I can see and I can get in within that hour. Obviously, I prepare questions ahead of time, and so does Jordan. But if there's 15 to 20 minutes left at the end, which is what we usually try to allocate, we take questions from the audience and people really get real in those questions. And I love that because it breaks down the barrier between politician or elected official and their constituents. And I think that's super important because how often do we get a chance to dialogue with the people who are responsible for our well-beings, you know? And so for me, I love it. I love that people can ask you like, what did, what did you do about gun control or what did you do about police brutality in your neighborhood? I love that they can ask that with such candor. And it's a real environment where elected officials feel dis- disarmed and are able to be themselves and actually talk about it without having, you know, pre-planned answer to it. And so that's really been the beauty of the IG lives that have been happening. And, you know, you guys can follow us at, at politicking the app and we always post where uh, when we'll be having the IG live. So like I said, we have a full week coming up. We generally have full weeks coming up. And so I'm so, so happy that you've gotten to see a couple of them, Bree. And we have them on topics that are very wide ranging. I think my favorite so far, people probably going to get mad at me for saying this, but I got to be real. My favorite so far has been my friend Marina who came on and talked to me about the indigenous communities. Um, That was amazing because I don't know as much as I would like to know about indigenous people. And that's largely the fault of my education. Um, But as an adult now, we're responsible for our own education. And so I feel like having Marina on to really demystify some of these things has opened my eyes and ears. And obviously I can't, I didn't stop there. I continued to immerse myself and trying to learn more about our indigenous peoples. Um, and even, you know, my own indigenous background as a, as a Haitian American person, there were the, the Taino tribe was actually in the uh, island of Hispaniola, which is the DR in Haiti. Yes, they are the same island. Some people don't know that. I always have to just say it as a disclaimer. Um, but yeah, so I've learned a lot about that. And that, to me, was one of the most prolific conversations we've had. That was one of the things I learned, too, at my last job of, like, how hard it is for Indigenous, indigenous and Native folks to get registered to vote just because they typically don't have, like, a mailbox at their address. Like, that's also a really big thing into voter suppression. It's a whole thing I can go on a tangent about. Uh, can I ask you a question? You may. <laughs> All right. I would love to know who you would be most comfortable with as vice president for Vice President Biden. Any uh, Anybody? Anybody. Anybody in the world. Um, well, anybody that would meet the requirements. Yeah, I yeah, should yeah. say. The first person that came to my head was Stacey Abrams. The first like person Stacey. that popped. That popped tell me in. why. Tell me why. Um, be one because you. I feel like she was robbed during her election, so that's number one. Number yeah, two, no. the amount of work she's been doing around voter suppression and engagement and registration, 
um, the fact that black women are constantly always doing everything anyway, so we might as well get paid to do it. Um, but yeah, I just feel like every everything she has done the last few years has just been amazing, and I'm I'm in awe of her and the work that she has been able to do. So yeah, she was the first one that popped into my head, and just you know how engaged she is, not only in her community but now with the work that she does nationwide. So yeah, yeah. I think she's awesome. Her organization is awesome in terms of what they've been doing around voter suppression. I totally agree with you that they've been really fighting good fights. So yeah, I guess we'll see. We will. I guess we'll see. There's a there's a. I mean, he has committed to a woman. I would love for him to commit to a black woman. Um, we'll see. But we'll see. We'll see. My, before, like, everything went downhill, my ideal ticket back when, like, Warren was still in was Warren Castro as my ticket. Oh, I like that. A I friend like of mine that. said it one day, and I was like, that sounds freaking great to me. So I was really into that. But like here that. we are. Um, also, quick tangent, there's this black woman running for office in... I want to say Illinois, but don't quote me. Um, her name is Cori Bush. She was endorsed by Bernie. Her election is in August. So if you haven't heard of her, I'm just like a really big fan of the work that she does. Yeah. Is it Cori with a K or with a C? C-O-R-I. Cori Bush. Okay. I'll have to check her out. Maybe we'll reach out to her campaign, see if we can get her on a politics live. Yeah, she's great. I'm just, again, obsessed. This is all my brain was most days at work. It's like, okay, let's see who else is running for office right now. So Anybody cool, Anybody right? cool, let's... preferably queer or black. Let's, let's <laughs> do it, right? Let's just be all out here in these streets. Yeah, I'm, yeah, and, and it's, it's also interesting for me, like, how much has turned around in the last four years. Like, I feel like people have gotten way more politically engaged, like, you know, I I had my issues with Beto, but I I think he has done a really great job of the platform he created and now using it to get people registered to vote, um, get people volunteering around elections. Um, the just the 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 race he ran and how you know how close he came to winning, um, and just showing that like you know when you are a candidate who cares about the people who are going to be your constituents, just how that really changes everything. So. For me, it's been interesting the last couple of years to see all of these people being like, well, if 45 can be president, I can be school board president or I can run for city council. Like just <laughs> that energy around it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I have political aspirations. We'll see whatever happens with those. Talk to me in like two years. Um, I will. Yeah. I really will. <laughs> don't. Don't. Take it back. Never mind. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I'm just I'm just really excited to see what's next. And even if, you know, God forbid, 45 just does get four more years, I feel like, you know, the fight continues on no matter what. So no matter what, um, you know, we're responsible for fulfilling our civic duty. So whether that's voting, whether that's running for office, whether that's creating apps like politicking, we all have our part to play, whether that's protesting. I mean, it takes so many so many people working on their respective gifts i think for us to see a really prolific shift in today's society yeah, one of my favorite quotes is a rising tide lifts all boats um and I, I truly believe that you know so i like to see people around me win um and even if they're not around me because i truly believe that if 
if that's the case, then my win must be around the corner as well. So um, I wish that more people saw themselves that way and saw themselves, you know, inextricably bound in, in, in this, into this community. Um, and it can, it, the community is the United States of America. So um, I'm excited to see where things will go. You know, 2020 is a big year for many reasons. Um, but I'm, I'm excited and I'm hopeful. I do still have hope in our country. So uh, I hope that they make me proud on November 3rd. But even if they don't, I'm still going to be there. No, I'm still going to be here. So it is what it is. It is what it is. I will be sure to link to politicking, to the website, to all the work that y'all are doing, to register to vote, to make sure that you are registered to vote, people, because every I'm going to end every episode like that until the election happens. So just do it and make sure you're registered to vote. I tell people, if you're not registered to vote, you can't listen to this podcast. So... I'm willing yeah. to, to lose fall. I'm willing to lose listeners for that. The hill I die on. Um, I like to end every episode with a sort of palate cleanser, leaving us on a high note by asking this question, which is what is the best advice you were ever given or what's the piece of advice you would give to your younger self? Okay. I would say a piece of advice I would give to my younger self. Does it specify how much younger? Or could nope. it just be yesterday? Just, just younger you. <laughs> um, I think the best advice, piece of advice I could give to my younger self would, would be like, you know, life is really, really short. Um, and I have had a lot of people close to me lose, lose people um, recently, like death. Um, and for me, it has resonated with me in a unique way and that I feel very lucky and blessed to know my purpose, uh, uh, being just 28. And so I try to spend every day actively walking in that light. Um, and I, I want my yesterday self and 10 years ago self to, to know that as long as I continue to do that, everything will be fine. I think I spent a lot of time in my youth, perhaps, stressed out about what was to be instead of allowing it just to be. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't concern myself with that anymore. You know, I, I think if I'm, if I continue to walk in my purpose, then I would just be fine. So that's probably what I would tell my younger son. I think that's good. That's it for this week's episode of the tea with Bree. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the tea with Bree. Send me an email at the tea with Bree at gmail.com and visit the website, the tea with Bree podcast.com. Don't forget to rate review and subscribe on Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. A special thanks to Mama Duke for our theme music. And I will talk to y'all later this week. Bye.